Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside, just outside of New York City, an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Andrew Gunling, J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? Not much, Andrew. Uh, Somebody tweeted us and asked, if you are watching your team destroy a clearly inferior side, is it okay to feel bad about it? And I would say, yes, it's okay. You don't feel bad that you're losing. You just have a natural sporting empathy with those that are being crushed. Your thoughts? Yeah, I get that. I could see that. Um, But I think for St. Kitts and Nevis, like this was the ultimate kind of happy to be there game. So I don't know how bad they They don't look very happy to be there. No, but I'm saying like the fact that they're in this gold cup is a huge achievement for that country. Uh, So, you know, they're playing the U S like it's, it's one of the most high profile games they've probably ever been a part of. Um, And I'll say this on their behalf. And I thought about this when we reached the 21st minute of the game, (laughs) wasn't as bad as Tottenham, Newcastle New. They kept it worse. They kept it more respectable than the old Spursies. <laughs> Could have been worse. Uh, we'll talk about this game in whatever detail is possible. Minimal. Uh, and then there are, there's a few other transfer-related things that rose to a level that they, even, even if there wasn't a U.S. game to discuss tonight, there are still other things that would have prompted us doing a podcast, of course. So we'll get to those things as well. Um, regarding the U.S. and St. Kitts and Nevis, they're playing as we speak. You and I made the arrogant decision to begin recording while the game was still in progress. So I have it in front of me right now. It's in the 62nd minute. Uh, So any outbursts that you hear uh, it's because I'm watching the game as we are recording, but JJ, I feel like this is kind of like a, like when, when trying to analyze a game like this for the U S this is what I refer to as a Miranda rights game where like any analysis that I provide can and will be used against me in a court of law. Like anything I were to, anything I say tonight, like 
what does it actually mean? Like if I were to sit here and tell you, like maybe I, I already believed that Jesus Ferreira should probably be testing himself in a European league. But if I say that tonight, I'm an ass. Yeah. Because he's because he scored goals against St. Kitts and Nevis. Like I can't I can't say that analysis tonight. Like so I'm not allowed to say anything. Um, so I, I my challenge to you, I dare you. I absolutely dare you, JJ, to provide some piece of thought provoking analysis on this second group stage match tonight for the U.S. Um, I just say, I mean, it was nice. Got off to a good start here. Nice feet on the fifth goal. Um, good finishing is the hallmark of a good side. There was one. There was one. Um, how would how would I put it? Uh, set of uh, play where where the commentator John Strong goes Archibald hit in the face, and I'm just sorry, the name Archibald because you don't hear it very often, but it's it's a to me it's a, a funny name, Archibald hit in the face, and I broke down laughing, and then I felt sorry for everyone involved um there's just open space it's not it's not fair though to like apply the usual commentaries like inept defending uh not compact you know hey talk to alexi lalas you heard him at halftime this is a team in this tournament and we are playing them (laughs) i get what his point is like if they're in the tournament like you you treat it like a game sure it's a game sure i sure i know but like some games aren't are, aren't all equal, and so um, it was. Yeah, uh, I I really don't know what to say because it reminded me of a nine side league game where you turn up and you know straight away you're going to win the game, and it's just like run the goals in early, and then we can get the guys that don't usually get to play into the game. That kind of a game, I like it. It defies analysis because it tells us nothing about our players, absolutely nothing, um, and anything that they do wrong then makes us the knee-jerk reaction is well geez if they can't do that against this level maybe they aren't top level like Cade Cowell miscontrols one in the box going backwards and I'm like mm, is this guy destined for the top level I'm not so sure <laughs> and that's totally unfair because <laughs> yeah you know it's it, this is just such a nothing game and we've made a huge error recording after it no 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 are you kidding me this is no 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 this is where respect is earned this is this is this is what it's all about to be a in the in a Concacaf region. Games like this, this is no no no. I would want nothing other than to do this, and I'm also disappointed in you. I, I challenged you, and I'd say you failed. Your your primary piece of analysis was Archibald. That's a funny name. That's what you gave me. I have 17 pieces of analysis that I would like to provide you with now. Shut up. I have three. I have three. No, uh, what? Oh, are you serious? Yeah, the first one. <laughs> don't curse. I don't have access to my editing abilities tonight. Okay. Um, the uh, the first one. While you're talking about players who, uh, if they don't play well tonight, it it feels like it shines even more of a negative light on it. I'll say this one thing. I'm not judging anyone really tonight because, like you said, it's an unjudgeable game on all on all sides. However, Matt Miazga didn't really play well in the first game. He was we felt like he was at fault for the first goal. So the fact that they put him back in the lineup for this, it felt like they were giving him like this is a get right game. 
Okay, this is an opportunity for you to get right. Redeem yourself against St. Like, Kitts and, and Nevis. But, Shut well, up. Yeah, but I'm, it's kind Shut of but the former players on the nonsense thing at halftime. It's a confidence game. It's a it's a, oh, it's a pad your stats game. Like that's what this is. And so the one piece of defending that the U.S. had to do in the first half, what does Miazga do? He kind of lazily clears it and gives St. Kitts and Nevis their only opportunity of the game. I'm just right. saying, like if we're looking for stuff to talk about out of sure. This, a guy who didn't play well in the first game did that in this in this game, and I was kind of like, eh, that's not what you wanted if you were him trying to come back from a, a game where you okay maybe you weren't necessarily your best. Uh, my other pieces of analysis, we uh, we talked JJ about how about Watke's tweet regarding BJ Callahan that he should have retired after the UEFA Nations League win so he could have gone down as the only beloved manager in U.S. men's national team history, which we thought was funny and true. Because tonight he finally, it, it didn't take long, but I feel like tonight he started to finally get that taste of uh, of venom that is levied towards U.S. managers when uh, the team sheet was released and Brandon Vasquez was not starting. And I saw a wave of criticism on Twitter towards him for not starting Brandon Vasquez, which I thought was kind of funny. Because again, like, what are you what are you going to learn about Brandon Vasquez in this game? Like what there's so there are more games to be played in this tournament. He needed to play in this one. Like who care? Like I care, you know, JJ, how much I care about this team. I love this team. I even said far too much. The fact we're doing the podcast tells you everything too much. I'm obsessed with this team and it drives me crazy that they play as infrequently as they do. But like, come on guys. Like are people, were people really annoyed about that? That the team sheet wasn't exactly what you wanted in a, in a, Gold Cup group stage match against St. Kitts and Nevis. Like, are we faking and do like hate? Are we like you were really people were really worked up about that? Give me a break. Uh, Vasquez is on now, so I don't know. Maybe he'll score a goal. I like him too. I want to see him play well, but nothing that was going to happen tonight really was going to inform my opinion of him. It's fine. Whatever. He comes on as a sub, doesn't, doesn't impact any thoughts that I have about the manager, the player, whatever. Um, the third piece of analysis, JJ, props to St. Louis. Props to St. Louis. Good turnout. Pretty much all USMNT fans for this one. Um, and I'll say this. It, to me, it's the kind of game that puts you on the radar when U.S. Soccer Federation is choosing sites for uh, for future games of greater importance. Like, they gave St. Louis this game a B-squad group stage match against St. Kitts and Nevis. And I feel like it's a little bit of like, all right, St. Louis, show us something tonight. Yeah. They packed the place loud in that place. So I feel like if you do that, was it loud? Yeah, I thought so. The USA chants were really good. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I would say this considering the game. Yes, it was loud. So props to St. Louis. You did that tonight. You're on the radar now for like actual important matches moving forward. That's I think what it I would have been anyway, but okay, well, maybe, but I think that this, if this was any kind of tryout, any kind of test run, they passed with flying colors. Props to them. This, 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 my friends. Um, well, what do you want me to say? You want to just not talk about it? We're here doing a pod. This, no, but this, this, should, this. Should we not have done it? You don't no, want me but, to say anything about it. No, 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 I do. I do. But I, I, it should be noted, noted, guys. This is what uh, 15 years at the, at the, at the, at the millstone of ESPN radio gets you. I'm trying. The ability. You're not to... even gonna. You're not even trying. Nope, not trying. The ability. <laughs> you know I'm what? gonna. Then you leave. Go to bed. I... You're tired. You I'm gonna. You... Born. No one will fault you for it. Go to bed. I'll take it from here. I'm gonna use my natural charm and wit to carry me through this podcast. That's what I'm doing. Um, but th- this is the ability of 
of of of sportscasters and and Andrew's seen them, he's produced them, and he's been one to talk about nothing. And I it's stunning. You are I'll anything tell you, you, I said there was nonsensical. I think you, all of those things. No, were, it's it is. It's, it's all points that matter. It's all good. It's this, but this is the Seinfeld of podcasts—a show about nothing. Um, amazing, absolutely amazing. You know, you are talented. Like you are the Dennis Bergkamp of of just spinning you, something you are, out of nothing. You are out of line tonight. You're out of line. This is uh, I. <laughs> I I found the po- I found the pre-match conversation very interesting though. I missed that. I didn't see that. Well, so there was a piece done on Z- and Zendejas and his decision to declare for the United States over Mexico. And comes back to the studio and Jenny Taft is asking the question first, ask the culture question of Moadu. Isn't it isn't it a testament to the culture within this United States men's national team? That, you know, players want to come and play because they like the guys they're playing with because, you know, Zendayas would have played with Pulisic and McKenney and, and, and that whole brotherhood. I couldn't agree more with that. And Moadu agrees with that. And then the tenor flips slightly when we go to Alexi Lalas, a man who was just comfortable on a couch with Brian Kilmeade, you know, talking about soccer. You know, we know we know which side of the coin Alexi uh, rests on. Um, and, and, and so, you know, he, he talks a bit about, you know, uh, there's mercenaries in every team in international football where you have dual nationals is kind of what he said. Um, okay. All right. And then, um, he says how he wants to know that the guy standing beside him when that anthem is played feels something bigger than the sport of soccer, bigger than himself, you know, all these kind of vague, um, hyper-nationalist, hyper-patriotic things. And I just I, I just tweeted out, I want... And, uh, Landon Donovan followed up. Landon was a bit more specific. Landon spoke kind of from his own position where he says he's played with... And he said this directly. He said he played with guys who went to World Cups on US teams and then never set foot in the United States again. <laughs> you know, like... And, and okay, that's... You know, that that's kind of I've heard uh, players like Kevin Kilban talk about that with Irish players where they saw guys who were dual nationals come in from England who had no, no link to Ireland whatsoever. And 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 it was clear they were just there because they could get an international cap or they didn't care or whatever. But um, I just I tweeted, I want I'd love for Alexi or even even. Um, Landon, to be specific, like what? What do you mean? They... Name names? No, 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 no. Like when they're standing for the anthem, what is the what is the correct um, uh, sphere? What is the correct scope of feelings you should have? Because as Hercules Gomez tweeted, probably in re- reaction to that piece, it's nuanced. It's really bloody complicated. Oh, like yeah. when I stand there, what 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 should I be thinking of as an American? Like. Probably most people are going to think about their families. They're going to think about the people they grew up with or the people that's connected to the country. Or that's where the emotion will well from. Like I would imagine that's what it is. Maybe. I think they're well, probably well, like, thinking what, is about there something specifically how much they about... want to win. Yeah, like... exactly. That's, but that's, that's it. Like, and, you know, it, it, they're saying this. And these guys um, in, in qualification down the line, uh, Alexi said, if you don't have that feeling, that deep feeling that's beyond soccer, that's beyond football, that eventually it will show on the field, which I think is utter bollocks. Like, I don't believe in that at all. I, I think 
like you can be connected to a team, love playing for the team and have, you know, very little feeling for the country. Like, does, like Serginho Dest, I, I, I think he probably thinks America is really cool, but I guarantee you Serginho Dest is playing for the U.S. men's national team because of those guys that he loves playing with and because of the culture he came up with that he enjoyed. Florin Balogun, who we're going to toast. Like, wh- who are we kidding? He's going to be brilliant for the U.S., I think. Who are you kidding? If he had been called up by Gareth Southgate that time when he was scoring all those goals for that last camp in the spring, was it in the spring, Andrew, or was it further back? For that for that last round of England games. And he wasn't called up. He took the hump with Gareth Southgate. He took the hump with Lee Carsley. And he went off to Orlando and signed with the U.S. That's why he did it. He said, I'm not going to get in here. So here's my opportunity. He has zero... Um, I doubt he has any, like of the feelings that Alexi's looking for. Like, I'm. D- 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 who does he, does he care about, like, uh, the revolutionary heroes? Does he, is he, you know, does he find Mount Rushmore inspiring? Like, is he, does he love the open plains of Oregon? Like, I'm sure he doesn't, but we know his reasoning. Like, it's, it's if, if we're looking for some kind of, like, nationalistic purity here, it's not happening, guys. Forget about it. Yeah, yeah I, I would, I would tend to agree with most of what you said. Now, the only things I'll disagree with is I don't know what what Fowler and Balogun feels about the he US. probably does. I, have, I have no feel, idea. But we know um, we. But I, you could just be using his name as an example to represent. But we know any, what we know. Andrew, if he was called up for England, he would have played for England. We yeah. know that. Yes, I believe that. That is, I I believe that as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like if if those guys that they're talking about help you win. Does it matter that maybe they don't feel whatever that love is of the country that you want them to? Like, do, does that matter? Do they need to as long yeah. as they're helping you win? Well, what is the specific um, zone of love that you have to have? Like, is it like I absolutely love the Louisiana Purchase? Love it. I absolutely love, you know... I mean, look in and out burger, in and out burger. No, I bloody love in and out burger. I look, love the paintings of Jackson. I get what you're Pollock. saying, and I appreciate it because it's funny. But I think you do. I think you kind of do know what he means. I think that we all know what it means to be like proud of where we come from. Mm. I think that's kind of what he's. I think that's probably what he's talking about. Just feeling like a, a sense of pride in in where you're but from. But it's nuanced. It's it's more than that. Like it's it's you know, um, it can be a million things, and I just. I don't know. It, it was a frustrating conversation. That a conversation that is at home on Fox. Let's be honest. I mean, there'll be a lot of people out there that will be just nodding their yeah, heads well, in agreement. I mean, I, I yeah, but like, don't act like that's not a conversation we haven't had a hundred times on this podcast. No, we it's talk convers- about it all the time. Yeah, it's a conversation actually that like Kevin Kilban is of his mind. Kevin Kilban is like if he gets frustrated, like with the, the whole Declan Rice thing, he was hugely frustrated. Um. You know, with the way Rice acted, with everything, and 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 Kilban says you have to hundred percent want to play for Ireland and have a sense of Irishness, or else you shouldn't play for us. So yeah, it's I maybe I'm being a bit unfair to Lexi there, but um, I I just I just think they're they're living in the past, man. It's a dr- or they're living in a dream world. I'm not sure. A dream, uh, I'm not even sure this this place ever existed. Like there's there's just real real uh, nuanced reasons. Many of them selfish. Some of them football wise, uh, like I believe Declan Rice when he said he loved his grandfather, his grand, his parents are so proud of him playing for Ireland, and that he wanted to play for Ireland. I believed him, and I think at that time he believed it himself. Mm-hmm. But then England went to a World Cup, and the whole country around him, where he grew up, was absolutely 
enlivened. Let's not forget the summer of 2018. And that changed. He had his head turned. So he, so he goes off and, and plays for England. It, it, you know, just that nationalism is this one solid thing that you must feel. Um, I don't know. There's just, it just doesn't work like that. Yeah, I don't know that you need to feel that to be a successful part of a national team. No, no. Now, I'm not a former player, so I'm I'm kind of talking out of my A, um, but that's just the sense but that the, I get. But if, the fact if you're, that, if like, you're a competitor and you're playing the sport on this on that high of a level in games of that sort of level of, of consequence, I think that I would like to believe that that's enough. Um, yeah, but, I, I but think Ale- it but is. Alexi- but look, these guys, Alexi Landon, they've been in it, so maybe they like why why would I know better than them? I don't know that I do. That's the just... idea that will feed into your play eventually, this lack of, of patriotic verve, I, I think is, well, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Well, at any rate, uh, it's 5-0 right now, JJ. They're in the 79th. That's actually um, poor because when we when I came in here to record, it was 5-0. It's 5-0 um, since the 49th minute, correct? And it's 6-0. They literally uh, just scored. Georgie Mihalovic. <laughs> you feel better? <laughs> yeah. All right. Come on. L- last thing I'll say is of, of the six goals that I've seen tonight, th- there was one where I was like, whoa, uh, when Brian Reynolds scored his in such a nice succession after the first one. That The way he scored that goal on his birthday, no less, uh, that one actually caused me to like have a legitimate moment of wow. So good for him. I, I enjoyed that one tremendously. And the U.S., uh, they have, they've done their job tonight. This was exactly what this game was supposed to be. Professional effort. Didn't go crazy with these goals. They all kind of put their heads down, ran back to the center circle, high fived a couple guys, and got on with it. Like this was, I think their attitude was right. Their performance was exactly what it was supposed to be. No one, to the best of my knowledge, got hurt. And on we move, ready for Trinidad and Tobago uh, this coming weekend. Correct. Um, anything else on this one, JJ? No, God, no. Come on. <laughs> all right. Well, I enjoyed that for whatever it was worth. That was good. It was, but again, my, 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 just my charisma carried us. Archibald. That's a funny name. That was how he responded to my challenge. Uh, let's see. A few other things to talk about here on Caught Offside this evening. Declan Rice. We've been talking about it. We've been talking about him for the last 10 minutes in some form or another. And we've been talking about this potential move to either Arsenal or Manchester, uh, Manchester City for the last few weeks. It appears it is finally done. And it is Arsenal beating out Manchester City for a player. What what world are we living in? Where am I? Where up is down and down is up? Yeah, I mean, any Aluko, I mean, the the video or the clip of it was removed quickly, but any Aluko was on uh, Talksport, and she she suggested that City weren't interested at all, that Arteta contacted, um, uh, Pep, and said, if you bid if you bid for this for this player, it's going to it's going to make our ownership, our front office, make the correct bid that we need. If you push us, then we'll get the bid, then we'll get the player. Now, because <laughs> huh. she said she's seen this in her career. Now, that would suggest, it would suggest a theory that I believe in that Pep Guardiola is not one bit bothered about Arteta or concerned about Arsenal whatsoever. If that is true, yeah, that, 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 that is that, utterly fascinating. Yeah, right. She said it's happened in her careers. She's literally said that. The team, let's just be clear with what you're saying here. The mm-hmm. team that finished first essentially colluded with the team that finished second to help the team that finished second get better 
and close the gap on the team that finished first? What? I am wait, wait no. Here's is where this you are being solely in the uh, in the in the friendship between these two guys. Like why you, would why would Manchester City do this? You are being to help a, Arsenal. You are being a very naughty boy there because I did not oh. say that this is happening. Here's the Talksport clip. Um, I'll retweet it right now. Um, and he says, I don't think Manchester City actually want Rice. I think Arteta has asked Pep to put a bid in. It pushes the Arsenal owners. I used to do it. So That's, there we go. That is very interesting. Plenty of analysts have said, you know, what's the what's the what's the point of Rice going to City? Because it's not like City aren't now Gundogan's gone, but he's not he's not a similar player to Rice at all. So um they're fairly well stocked in that midfield to the point where they can slide John Stones in midfield. Um and he can double job there. I don't think that's what happened. Um but it wouldn't shock me because I genuinely believe I don't believe that Pep is one bit bothered about Arsenal. And I think in a perverse way, Pep would love a rejuvenated challenge, something that he can because he is obsessed with the fact that people are convinced it's money that has him where he is. Now, it's yeah. not money that has it, it's money that has Pep at Manchester City and it's money that has Manchester City where they are. But Pep's still a great manager, but it is difficult to reinforce your greatness when everyone is urinating on your chips for everything that you do. So there's a part of me that thinks Pep would welcome a a fired up, rejuvenated strength into Arsenal. I agree with that. But to mm-hmm. go to those lengths to ensure that it happens is very interesting to me and very salacious, scandalous even. Uh, it's any Aluko just, just talking on Talk Sport. That's what they do over there. See, I almost wondered the opposite. If Manchester City kept raising that bid because they wanted to push to to Arsenal's detriment, uh, where they were going to force Arsenal to have to push all their but chips like, to the but center like of the City table for a player out. that probably wasn't isn't necessarily worth that, or that City it, actually wanted him, maybe not even because he's got a place on their team. Almost like with Calvin Phillips, where it's just like we just want this guy to make sure no one else has him. It is funny though. Like Arsenal just bid one hundred and five million, and then oh, City are like, oh, we're out. And top that. Who, City, you mean? Yeah. It's like Arsenal just did the minimum. Like, West Ham want 100 100 million. The the sticking point was the installments over which the add-ons would be paid, or over which the fee would be paid. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, as I think it was Michael Calley pointed out, there's there's interest rates currently running for businesses um, that would affect this from the Bank of England. So I, it actually does matter how the installments are paid. And that was the sticking point. But the fact that the fact that Arsenal just hit the minute, just hit, hit that number and that's it. City are out suggests city not that bothered about getting rice at all, at all. And that's something that you kind of suggested on the last part is like, yeah, you know, he's, he's very good, but do city need this guy? No. And I just, I just don't view him as, as, like I've said throughout, I just don't see him as a hundred million plus play pound player. Um, doesn't mean that I don't think he's excellent. I do. I think he's a, a great player, but I mean, like he now becomes the second most expensive English player in history, only behind Jude Bellingham from a few weeks ago. Um, it's the mo. It's the second most money. What's the What's the stat, JJ? It's uh, 
I mean, Jack Greenish. 105 million pounds, second most expensive signing by an English club in history, and he's the second most expensive English player in history. Declan Rice. Now, I know like inflation and all that, and like the value of players has changed dramatically over the years, but like, I mean, all right, wow. Now, now here's the thing though is like, well, okay, now it's done. They did it. They spent the money. It's over. He's on their team now. So put the money aside for a sec and just talk about the value that the player now adds to the club. I think he adds a, a great amount of value to Arsenal. Um, you know, what, like the things that he does will make a lot of other guys on that team better. And I think he's a significant upgrade from what they've had at those positions, depending on exactly what his role will be. It's either, I mean, like a, a Thomas Partey role that he'll take on or Granit Xhaka or some kind of combination. I don't know, but like, look at his, uh, since, since over the last three years combined, he's second interceptions, third in possession one in the defensive third, second possession one in the mid uh, middle third, uh, seventh over the last three years in total tackles. Like he does all of the dirty work. He's one of the best, most elite players uh, in England in terms of carrying the ball forward from mm. uh, defense to attack. Uh, so he's like he's going to make a lot of guys on that team better. He's going to do the work of, you know, that it would sometimes take multiple guys to do before he can be a guy who does all those things himself. So, you know, he certainly, whether or not I think he's worth a hundred million, that's irrelevant. Now that doesn't matter anymore. It's over. They've done it. And he's a player on the team. So now it's about, well, what, it, what does he actually do for this team? And I think he, he does make them better. I don't think it's about that now. I think I agree with the things you've said. I think what it's about now is do they have enough capital? Do they have enough, uh, room to go now and buy more players because I think they need they need they probably need cover at center back again, Andrew. Well, that's the fascinating thing about this window for Arsenal. They've now spent 165 million JJ or 170 million. I guess it depends what you think of that five million pound add on on Declan Rice and Kai Havertz. Yeah, it's an extraordinary amount of money on on those two guys. Um, um, and I still think they need to spend a little bit more. That's that would be my view. Um. So, and it was our, it was certainly Arteta's view literally days ago when he spoke to the media. We can't be under any illusions. We need to spend if we're going to compete again. And not, yeah, not I mean, look, not it, just two players. But it, yeah, I mean, you're right. However, if you kind of zoom out a little bit and and sort of bunch in some of what they did in the January window along with this, I think if your last two windows, again, I don't think a ton of Havertz, but if Declan Rice, Kai Havertz, Leandro Trossard, Jorginho, it's not bad. It's not a bad couple windows. I don't think it's enough to catch Manchester City. No. Yeah, I mean that right now I I would agree with you because I think Manchester City are the best team in the world. Um so like sure. Uh, I think it's like City, Real Madrid and you know, you know what I think of of Barcelona and their midfield right now. Uh, the things that we don't know about Manchester City in terms of all this is like, okay, if we think Arsenal got a little bit better, it means that City have to get a little bit worse. Is that possible? Gundogan is gone. I think he's brilliant. That's a loss. Um, We'll see what happens with Bernardo Silva in the coming days. It sounds like there's a chance he could be another Saudi Arabian defector. Um, So we'll see what happens there. Another brilliant player for them. Um, You know, Kevin De Bruyne, Great player, one of the best players in the league this year. Do you think his trajectory is still upward, level with what he currently is, or headed back down the other side of the mountain? He's dealing with injury problems. He had a little bit of consistency issues to start last season, but then he righted the ship, certainly in the second half. So I don't know. I can't sit here and tell you that we're gonna that 
we'll continue to see the best version of De Bruyne moving forward. So who knows? That's a big deal. Uh, the wild card is, look, defensively, they're phenomenal. And Erling Holland is 22. Uh, so like, those are the things where it's like, well, who's, who can get near them, but there are certain cracks maybe with city that you could say, all right, maybe the gap, if Arsenal are smart, maybe they can tighten the gap a little bit. Maybe they have tightened it a little bit. I mean, they could, they could potentially, um, you know, they could potentially have one of their down seasons, um, and then, and then come back and, and you, you, Arsenal will have an opportunity to pounce. Uh, but they'll be back. I just, I don't know. Well, that is the other X factor too. Now that you mention it is like, they finally caught the carrot at the end of the stick. They've been chasing for a generation in the champions league. Now I think this team is a machine and I don't know that anything affects them. So yeah, if you're asking me what I think, how winning the champions league affects them moving forward, I I would say, I don't really know that it'll have an effect, but I don't know that We're, they haven't done this before. This was their, this was their primary goal. Maybe it will in some way affect them. Maybe there will be some kind of letdown when they come back. That like, oh, we did the thing that we set out to do. It's going to be hard to to get them back to that level again. Um, so I don't know. I guess there's a few question marks, or maybe I'm grasping at straws with the hopes that we have a competitive league next year. Um, you know, I don't know. Remember, Arsenal did have an eight point lead in April, so it's not like the gap is is a is the Grand Canyon between them right now. Um, so we'll see. Could be interesting. Well, we'll see. I haven't ruled your team out either, by the way. Yeah. Um, probably need to start doing some business, though. Yeah. Or I mean, you, more business. Yeah. You know what I think of Alexis McAllister, but yeah, we'll see. I, I think Liverpool still still will be active in this window. Um, let's see. A couple other things, JJ. We'll, we're talking about Arsenal. Let's stay in North London and go to Tottenham. Um, boy, I'll tell you what, man. This was a good day. This was a good day for Spurs, in my opinion. James Madison uh, is a Tottenham player now. Uh, aside from the fact that tweets of his were unearthed from many years ago where he yeah. absolutely bashes Spurs, and you can tell the hatred that he used to have for them was visceral. Um, other Gareth than Bale that, in particular. Well, I mean, look, they, they signed. They signed, was it, uh, who was it they did the whole, when they signed him, uh, they did the whole deleting the tweets thing. That was Doherty, wasn't Matt it? Matt Doherty. He was an yeah. Arsenal fan. Well, they made they paraded him out before the cameras to basically renounce his his love of Arsenal. It was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Doherty yeah. was a good sport about it. Sure. Um, yeah, I think James Madison's going to have to have a similar similar press conference that maybe <laughs> won't be quite as funny because his tweets were really they were really something. Boy, he hates Bale. Wow. Monkey face. He called him. <laughs> Holy cow! But <laughs> that aside, uh, boy, it's a what a great move for them on a on a price that I actually think is reasonable. I think forty million for a player like that, uh, who's the age that he is. He's not a he's not young, but he's certainly not old. There's many years of his prime left. Uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, Nick Wright at Sky Sports says um, since his arrival at Leicester from Norwich in 2018, only two players, De Bruyne and Trent Alexander Arnold, have created more chances in the Premier League, while only three, Salah, Kane, and Son, have had more shots on goal. And then James Madison at Leicester. Uh, great playmaker. Tottenham haven't really had a player quite like this, uh, like a, an attacking midfielder. Who's he in the mold of then? Like a Modric, Pavlyuchenko, Van der Vaart? Well, not Pavlyuchenko. He was a striker. Was he? I would say, I mean, I was going to say Tottenham haven't really, they're different, but in terms of like a, an attacking midfielder who's going to make guys better and create, score some goals himself. I mean, it's kind of been since Christian Eriksen was at his peak 
probably with Spurs like five years ago or so um, that they've had a player quite like that. And I don't know when exactly Bentoncourt will be healthy, but I'll tell you this right now, a midfield that includes Madison and Bentoncourt, I'm excited to see it. You could do a hell of a lot worse than that. Should be fun. So uh, yes, to answer your question again, I say I'm, I'm ready to get hurt again. (laughs) Oh, what they do to you is just, it's, it's but this I know is you, what it is to be a fan. I want to get ask hurt you though, again. I'm excited to get hurt again. Can I ask you a personal question? Uh, uh, I know you've it's been late. A, I don't know. I, I know you've been with Amanda most of your life. Um, but like, was there ever like a, a, a person in your life? Maybe, maybe not even a, you know, a partner or a girlfriend, but like somebody who just hurt you as much as Spurs have. Like, is there anybody, <laughs> like, is there anybody, like maybe I mean, a friend, a lot of my down. Well, a lot of my teams have. I'm from Philadelphia. Yeah. By the way, six nil final score. Um, it's over. Um, has, well, we can do play by play. Has any has any person hurt me as much as Tottenham? Like any single individual? Uh, I don't think so. I think if <laughs> if they had, I would have dropped them from my life at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but but having said that, like if I were to one day, maybe I'll sit down and make an actual like chart of like all the times they've given me unbridled joy and all the times they've crushed my soul and see how see how it actually see who wins i think the pure the pure unfiltered straight into your veins joy of the champions league semi-final quarterfinal semi-finals in 2019 yeah kind of would sustain manny's the person for decades i'd say like I know people who have supported clubs um, back home, mad because Irish people end up supporting English clubs for a mad variety of reasons. And some of the, the, the clubs that they end up supporting, and it's been just, you wonder where the joy is in it. And yet it's the little things that keep them going and the hope, which is really what's, what's sustaining you. Yeah, but I love it though. I, I wouldn't root for any, anyone else. It's all, this is all off, I want. Before we get off this, and I know, I know you probably have a lower point, but I don't remember seeing you in worse form than Orsic's hat trick for Dinamo Zagreb against Tottenham in in Europe. Well, that's uh, because there was a there was a personal element to that because I had been waging a battle on this podcast for a solid year and a half that I was essentially not allowed to win. But my only hope was that if they if if Mourinho made some deep cup run, there was something for me to cling to. There was still some something to look forward to in that season. And that was just such a that was the moment where I I, I was out on the guy that I had been defending. And right. so that one was more than just the loss. That was that was a horrible loss, personal embarrassment, all the things. Um in my lowest moment, I don't know. I'll I'll get back to you. I'll never forget you. Because you said something like, this is my Nadir. This is the worst it's been for me. JJ, I don't, I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to invoke recency bias here, but like (laughs) that Newcastle game this year, I I think that, I really think that was it. I think that was, I think that was it for me. Because I was, uh, I was driving through Sag Harbor, Long Island on the way back from Montauk. Mm -hmm. And uh, you'd you'd already had a pod out at that point. It wasn't even one o'clock and there was a pod (laughs) out. And it was a solo pod, and it was a, I would say a labor of love. But it, it, guys, if you can go back and listen to that, 
I mean, out of context, it's still amazing. It's one of the best. And again, and again, a tribute to you. I know I made fun of you earlier, <laughs> but it is a tribute to you. I mean, you had so much as opposed to tonight where you had little material to work with. Then you had just so much and you went through all of it in this heightened emotional state. It was absolutely brilliant. And I sometimes I absolutely I hate when you rab it on about Spurs. I mean, I, nice. I, just, I phase out. I start thinking about pretty much anything else. Um, but no, I was so engaged and I was driving as well. And, and there was times when I laughed. There was times when I just absolutely felt it for you. People should go back and listen to that one. It's an absolute belter. That was probably my low point. Uh, one other uh, Tottenham thing that I hope your eyes won't glaze over for, and I hope you actually have thoughts on. Uh, mm. Bayern Munich are now in on Harry Kane, and it seems like their interest is serious. Uh, this is... This has fluctuated with Kane now over a couple of years from Manchester City to flirtations of Real Madrid to United. Uh, and now it's Bayern taking their run at him. Um, I I said on last week's pod when, it, when the Robbie Keane stuff came up, I told you Harry Kane is my favorite Tottenham player uh, that, that I've ever seen for them. Um, it might be time to let him go. Like, is that I think so. Lit- but it- like, I feel like this... You're letting him go to a non-Premier League club, which I think does soften the blow a little bit. It's not a direct rival. Um, Certainly isn't. (laughs) uh, I mean, I I want him to stay. And I think for a while there, I was kind of like, they got to let him go because he's going to leave for on a free next year and Tottenham need to get some compensation for him. But is that even true? Like with the money on TV deals and, and money that is coming into Tottenham through whatever all their all of their many many partnerships maybe they don't maybe he can leave on a free and it won't cripple them um so maybe it is worth running it back one more time but i don't know if 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 he really wants to go and the price hits what would you say 80 100 somewhere in that vicinity it might be time it just i it kills me to say that i don't want that to happen i don't want to see him play somewhere else but I wouldn't be mad at him. I've said that for a while now. Do I wouldn't know, I wouldn't be mad at him. Do you think the warmth of Ange Postacoglu could convince him to stay? Uh not no. 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 I um I I think he's not going to go to Bayern Munich. And there will be a lot of people out there who are Bundesliga watchers. And it's a great league. It truly is. Nobody cares in England. Nobody cares. They dip in and dip out of it when there might be something exciting happen. There's a classic or there's a player that they think is coming to their club and they want to see him perform. Other than that, they don't care. And Kane will be acutely aware of that. Uh, you're probably right. The now, second thing um, is that I think Kane cares about breaking Shearer's record. I think so too. And for him to do that, he cannot risk a peak season like he can't even go to Munich for a year. I don't or a season. He can't do that. Uh, and so I don't think he'll want to like this one. It's not that he doesn't want to play for a big club like Bayern Munich. He does, but I think that record means more to him than playing in Europe would. Therefore, that switches the options. Then the options turn to Manchester United. Who I you told me not to beat up on them. As days go by, the things that are leaking out of that club. Make me wonder if Kane would go, no, I'm not going to go there either. And I like Ten Hag, and I think Ten Hag can be successful there. But did you see that stuff with David De Gea's contract? Where 
he accepted reduced terms, which is good. He re- renegotiate will we'll accept a reduced wage because he was on absolutely mad money, nearly half a million dollars a week. And then United agreed to that. And then they went back and said, no, we need to you to reduce it more. Now, whatever you think of David De Gea currently, he's a veteran. He's there over a decade and he's given plenty to the club, including how many times has he been club player of the year? That is absolutely disgraceful way to treat him. Then you see the way that they're stuttering and fumbling to get a mason bloody mount over the line. Chelsea who need to shed players and payroll and they can't get that done. Like, so... That's I know I've gone off on a tangent. Well, there, there's a story w- today that uh, Ten Hag has been told you have a hundred million and not a penny more unless you unless players leave, as well. Yeah, well, and make that- it easy for them to leave. Get rid. Um, so, so I wonder about Kane going there. Manchester well, he, City, Manchester he, City aren't going to buy him now. They well, here, that, well, that's the other thing about this is so okay if so we think that. Where Kane goes is somewhat dependent upon the fact that he cares about breaking Shearer's record, which yeah. keeps him within the Premier League. I also believe that Kane cares about his legacy at Tottenham. I do believe that at this point, I think he does want to go and have an, and give himself a legitimate opportunity to win trophies um, on the highest level. You know, before his career and his prime is done. Um, but I think that he does care about preserving the legacy that he has established at at Tottenham. I, th- I really do think that means something to him, which then even more so puts shackles on the clubs that he could potentially go to. Because now you rule out Arsenal, obviously. You rule out Chelsea, obviously. Those those two are gone. If he, if he cares about it, his legacy at Tottenham, he can't play at those two clubs. So now you're talking about, in terms of the, the type of club that he wants to go to where he can win trophies... It's City, which he's not going to go to because they have Holland. Mm-hmm. It's United, which you're now suggesting maybe he wouldn't want to go there because they appear it's dysfunctional. And, still dysfunctional. And it's Liverpool and it's Newcastle. I for, I can't picture him at Liverpool. I just, that would, I, I can't see it, but I don't know. Maybe he views it differently. And Newcastle feels weird to me too, but who knows? We're in a brave new world now where maybe I need to just wrap my mind around that as a possibility. But the point is, it's not many. If he cares about his legacy at Tottenham and he cares about breaking Shearer's record, we're only talking about like two clubs potentially that he could go to. Um, so just to give you just to give you exactly what that record is, Alan Shearer has 260 Premier League goals. Harry Kane, playing at, at least I think 120 less games, is at 213. I think Kane cares more about an ability to win trophies than he does. Shearer's record. That's not I, to say he doesn't care about Shearer's record. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if you asked him, if you asked him to rank those two things, Harry, you can only have one of these. What's it going to be? I believe that his desire to win stuff. Everyone know whether he breaks Shearer's record or not. His greatness, I don't think is is going to be. It'll be questioned forever, unless he wins a trophy. Now, if he can achieve both of those things, if he can stay in the Premier League at a club that won't upset Tottenham's fan base, can win trophies. And break shears. If he can do all those things, then great. That would that would be his ideal scenario. But those options are really, really limited. So if he can't do that and he's got to pick something, the record or trophies, I think it would be trophies. And in that case, I think Bayern is a perfect fit. I mean, we talked about they didn't replace Lewandowski. And look how they still won the title, but they had a, a disappointment in the Champions League, and their Bundesliga title campaign was it was as disastrous as a winning title campaign can be. They need somebody to come in and fill that role. And he's perfect to suit to, to do that. So it, 
it would make sense to me. And it'll be very interesting to see if Bayern get up to 90 million. I don't know what Tottenham's valuation is of what they want, but if, let's say they get to 90, they're going to, it's, it's going to be a, a tough decision for Spurs and Daniel Levy to make. I think so. And it would represent, it would represent an amazing, uh, and I know it's not about the spreadsheet, but an amazing return on like sticking with a guy who went on loan to Leicester, Millwall, Norwich. Was just a guy, and then Pochettino spun the. He came in in an in an hour of need for Pochettino, and hasn't looked back at all. Tim at Sherwood, all. really. Sherwood was the one who gave Kane his initial chance, uh, put him in the starting eleven. Okay, all right. Contradict me, but is it a contradiction or is it just correcting a, a falsehood? Maybe, maybe it is. Um, let's God, see. Before... Yeah, just one quick thing about the list. What? So, Shearer two sixty, Kane two thirteen, Wayne Rooney two oh eight, Andrew Cole one hundred eighty seven. Three ahead of Sergio Aguero. Then it's Frank Lampard, Thierry Henry, Robbie Fowler, Jermaine Defoe. Wow, Defoe. Good for him. Defoe in ahead of Michael Owen in 10. That's the top 10. Defoe. Hmm. A compiler. If ever there was a compiler. But he went to Toronto. He should have just stayed and kept compiling. And came back. Yeah, scored a big goal when he came back for Sunderland. Huge goals for them. Kept yeah. them up. He scored a what was it, twelve goals in the in the down this an incredible the moment. The goal that he scored. Yeah, yeah. Hmm? Compiler. Yeah. Good player though. Um, let's see. Before uh, I have one more thing. Before we get to that though, JJ, I did want to tell people because we hadn't talked about it in a while. Um, we we had stopped. I guess if we were campaigning for votes, we had really stopped, and I oh, kind of forgot about it. But uh, I should no. tell people if people were were interested in where the vote is at, because it was the month of June for the World Soccer Talk Best Podcast <gasps> Award. I forgot uh, about it. So, so June is almost up and uh, we've fallen into second place. No. Yeah. We're not going to win. Uh, scuffed. Oh. Scuffed oh, has overtaken. God's and sake. They do fine work. There's no shame uh, in this. Fine. Yeah, but we can't be losing no, to them. There's you no can't sh- be no, losing no. to scuff. JJ speaks for himself and only himself. All I right. Just- what are you going? I believe it was an honor to be nominated. You going for beers frankly. with them tomorrow night or something? I believe it was an honor to be nominated. Now, are we very far behind them now? It's going to be tough, but I figured it's not so impossible that I wouldn't. Uh, uh, there's a rallying cry going out tomorrow, guys. Listen, oh boy, take your girlfriend's phone, take your granny's phone, take take whatever PC laptop you can. Go into PC Richards and pretend you're trying out all these these computers or or whatever your local computer store is, and just. Log in and vote on various IP addresses. I don't care. Whatever it takes. I'm not <laughs> losing to those guys. Oh my God, no. No, no. no. And they and they do fine work. Yeah. I like them. I legit I'm I'm not BSing anybody. No, I would, but I, I, I don't I, I and you know what? I actually want to lose. Don't vote. Vote for them. You're scum. You are the worst. What is your self-loathing is unbelievable. I fear success. All right. It's it's something that I fear. I can never oh, come on, man. Oh jeez! I need uh, them to have this. No, 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 no! I'm gonna, I'm gonna launch it. Oh, I, this will be the shock and awe of uh, of voting campaigns. This is um, this is going to be Clinton in '92. Without... Mommy, what's what's that banner behind that airplane say that's flying over New York City right now? I don't know, son. Caught offside. Vote now at World Soccer Talk. Um, and and of course, I would pay for the entire URL. On the plane, right. I think it's per letter, right? You, yeah, it, and it will be so big that the um, Federal Aviation Authority would deem it as a threat 
and right. the plane would be shot down. Yeah, and and you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't put it through a bitly where like it shortens no. the. No, no, no. So, you need the you want the full thing to make sure everyone gets there because you yeah. can't trust some of those bitly websites. Right, they can yeah, take you to Middle Eastern porn. <laughs> but the point being, back to the point, I can't, I can't lose to them guys. I can't have it. Why? Why do you have to say to them? Can't you just say I can't lose? It's not about that. It's not like they're not worthy of winning. It's an honor to be nominated. They're not, though. Come on. It's an honor to be nominated. Think Um, all we've been through the last six, seven months, leaving ESPN to lose to those schmucks. Come on. um, Let's see. Before we uh, before we wind it out, wind it down here on this uh, now Thursday morning in this emergency pod. of all the emergency pods we've done. This is this is a new bar, I think. The the USBC team versus St. Kitts and Nevis in a Gold Cup group stage match. This is a new bar. Before we end this one, got to mention something. Um, in one of the most predictable moments in the history of MLS, Tata Martino has been named the new manager of Inter Miami. Uh, I think like the second Phil Neville that I, I found out Phil Neville was fired, I think I came on this podcast and said, yeah, it's because Tata Martino will be the next manager of that team. It was all... It was all lining up like it was so clearly going to be this. Now, having said that, I think it's great. Uh, he has an unbelievably um, well-worn road in this league, a proven track record, uh, one stuff, manager of the year, title, um, obviously a track record with Messi, where there's a lot of mutual respect there. Uh, obviously a track record with Joseph Martinez, who they've had a hard time to get him going at this club, but maybe Tata is the guy who knows how to push those buttons. Um, so yeah, it's a fascinating thing to see a team who's dead last in the conference have all of this like mid season injected into them. Like this is when we're used to seeing teams go into tankathons, not this, but here we are. Um, and I suppose, I don't know, uh, I got to look, I, I don't know off the top of my head, I got to look and see how far they are out from that last uh, playoff spot. But God, like, what a thing that would be if they find a way in, if they like barely sneak into the postseason and you're the team and who took the regular season seriously, you're like a top seed. And like, now you got to deal with like a Messi and Tata Martino and, you know, Busquets potentially. And like, <laughs> It, uh, the regular season in MLS is it's funny sometimes. Um, it is interesting. Uh, you know, it's just like you couldn't have Phil Neville there to greet to greet Lionel Messi. You couldn't have it. You had to have someone. Like, I mean, it's going to be a joint brain operation. It's going to be Tata and Messi running this show um, as a kind of tandem. Um, so, yeah, I suppose... Uh, I, I think it suits it suits Tata Martino, the place he's at in his career. It's a league he knows well. Really suits Miami. They have a guy who can come in and uh, will have um, will have some of uh, some of the respect of their star player. So yeah, it's a good move. They're uh, I'm, I'm looking at it now. I believe they're eleven points out of the last playoff spot, but they do have two games at hand. It's gonna be interesting. Gonna be very very interesting. Uh, last thing from me on this podcast tonight, JJ. Um, we talked about Germany, the senior team the other day and how they're really like, if we're talking, we, if we're going to go through the list of, of national teams that are in a bad way, Germany was one of them. Um, that has extended to their under 21s who England beat two nil earlier today. Um, and it, 
not only did England win that game, but it uh, it sent the German under twenty one team out of the group stage. Uh, so of the uh, under twenty one European Championships. So yeah, it's not going great on the senior level and the youth levels. The under twenty one level is much the same. Very weird, weird times in German football. We are not really accustomed to seeing this. So no, we're not. Um, I, I just to just to repeat, like what I don't really understand what's going on there, um, and how do they organize a reboot, a second reboot in the last twenty five years? That's that's what they're attempting to do, I guess. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe it's not that. Maybe it's just maybe these players are excellent for their clubs. They fit into certain patterns, and then when they come together for their teams, their their national sides, they're less the they're less. They're just not as good. That was We've just never. That... that was never them, though. No, that was never them. But conversely, on the other side of the coin, France beat Switzerland uh, under twenty ones four one. They go France go undefeated in the group stage. I mean, where where are they not loaded? I mean, my right. God, that that country right now with the talent that they have. Good lord, it's not fair. Um, hey, this was a podcast. Uh, the U.S. defeat St. Kitts and Nevis six nil. And they will wrap up the group stage against Trinidad and Tobago this Sunday, I believe it is, uh, over the 4th of July weekend. So hopefully it'll give Americans something to celebrate on your holiday weekend. You got anything else? No, I'm uh, busy. Any other names that are funny to you? <laughs> I'm busily tweeting out, currently losing narrowly here and the polls close soon. Vote caught offside. Oh, See, I've lo- I shouldn't have brought that up when I did because I lost them, I think, for the last seven minutes of this podcast. You absolutely did. This yeah. is the biggest phase out I've had in a long, long time. But it's the summer. I'm allowed to do it. Yeah. Okay, fine. Uh, I guess that's a rule that exists. Uh, hey, this was fun. We'll be back again to recap the group stage. Um, but until then, enjoy... The rest of your week, the early part of your holiday weekends. JJ, to you I say. Check you later, phone boy. I'll see you. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.